Welcome to the Repack. I'm Justin Mosqueda. I'm here with Evan Tex, Western Citizens People Tex. Man, uh, what's up? That was that was a roller coaster. That was a ride, man. That was yeah, it was nuts. I was saying <laughs> before we recorded, like when there's like a, a high snap fumble on the 25 yard line, and no one even remembers it at this point. Like a lot of stuff happened in the game, just flushes your brain. Um, I guess we start with. Uh, Rasul, right? Rasul, he he came in, he beat his former team, as Aaron Rodgers pointed out in the in the uh, the Fox post game, and he just like ended their potential to get the one seed. Basically, like it's going to be very hard in the NFC West to be able to climb up that hill. Green Bay now has the tiebreaker on top of having the same record as them. Um, down goes the undefeated, right? Yep, yep, yeah. That was um, that was just a an incredible performance by this Packers team an incredible coaching job, I think by uh, Matt LaFleur and Jerry Gray and, you know, that whole coaching staff, um, you know, aside from a couple of, again, red zone goal line kind of issues with some, some play calling and, and getting the play calls in quickly and having some miscommunications there. Um, other than that, I mean, the game plan was exceptional. Um, they ran the ball. Well, uh, they, they, attacked the the Cardinals defense uh, in their weak spots. And yeah, you, you know, you, you get that win against the only undefeated team without some of your best players. And um, it was, it was as, as thrilling a win as I can remember in the last several years from. And it's proof of concept of all that AJ Dillon stuff too, right? Yeah. This is kind of, it's like this is as big of a moment as the uh, Tennessee Titans game that everyone was so excited about last year. It's showing that, hey, when we need to run the ball inside, our back is A.J. Dillon. Can we trust him to stay on the field uh, constantly? And he was out there. They had 34 carries, um, still managed to get 37 passes, too. Their time of possession was crazy. Let me pull that up real quick. Yeah, 37 like, minutes. Yeah. It was it was ludicrous, and and that's what you had to do to this Cardinals team. Uh, keep the ball out of Kyler Murray's hands. Um, you know, teams try to do it to the Packers all the time, and that's how Green Bay has has lost some of these games that they've lost in the Matt Lafleur era is um, is by getting killed on time of possession like that. So um, to turn the tables a little bit on another dynamic offense was really exciting to see. And it's crazy because they did kind of bottle them up, but like just enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, the five different players had 20 plus yard receptions for the Arizona Cardinals today. And it felt like toward the end, you know, if there were a couple more minutes left on the clock, you know, it, it might have been enough time for Arizona to come back and actually fight their way through that. Um, but running the ball, I mean, killing the clock to, to a certain extent, especially with the way that their defense plays, where it feels real good that first set of downs. That first set of downs, they're very competitive. But once you get them past that first set of downs, you see how that defensive line, like their their legs just get worn out right now. They don't have enough coming off of the bench right now. Um, there's not enough bodies there. So that's why it feels like it's spiraling, where it's like they, they bottle them up to fourth and one on the first set of downs. And then from that point on, if they if they get past that fourth down, it just feels like they could just march up the field, you know? Yep. Yeah, I mean, and I, I thought it was crazy. I mean, even with those those couple of explosive plays in the passing game, until that final drive that Arizona had starting, you know, basically what at the one yard line, um, 
Green Bay had only allowed 240 yards in the entire game up until that drive to, to Arizona, um, which it seems just like a, a ludicrously low number. Um, and, and again, even with a couple of explosive plays, so a couple three and outs, um, you know, that early pick early in the second half again, um, you get a, you know, a special teams turnover to, to kind of flip the field and, and steal an extra possession too. And, you know, that was a, that was a big difference in the game too, was, was getting a few points out of, um, you know, out of a free possession on a special teams turnover. Yeah. Just so many things again, just <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, Devonte was out. Lazard was out. Barry was out. They were all out for COVID. Yeah. So they activated Dominic Daphne, Malik Taylor, Ben Braden, and Juwan Winfrey. A lot of those guys were, even when they were on the roster prior, were like healthy scratches at some points. Um, so them getting into the game was kind of crazy. This is a tough pill to swallow for the uh, draft day grade people, right? The people who say, <laughs> hey, the Packers took A.J. Dillon and they took Debora, who both came up huge for the Packers, and say, hey, they, they doubled in on fullbacks. What are they doing? It's a tough <laughs> week for them. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, it, it, and again, that their receiving core, Randall Cobb, Jawan Winfrey, EQ St. Brown, and, and Amari Rogers basically getting all of your offensive wide receiver reps. I mean, Malik Taylor, I don't think he even played on offense at all, maybe a snap or two here and there um, after not practicing for three, three weeks on the COVID list. So um, with him basically in a um, in a special teams only role. Um, I thought Winf Winfrey had a couple of really nice plays in this game. Um, had the one fumble kind of up the sideline that, um, you know, he could have had a, had a nice catch and run there if not for that. But, um, you know, he showed up pretty well and, and Cobb with a couple of touchdown catches um, showing that connection with Rogers again. Um, they did just enough in the passing game to, to make, um, make this offense just effective again, enough to, to counterbalance that running game and, and provide just a little bit of, of balance there. So it was, yeah. Hats off to those guys for, for doing their jobs, you know? Yeah. And the, the one benefit is all those guys at wide receiver can block. Like it, it just yeah. helps so much that you can sneak them in on run plays and you don't have to hide them around and they don't have to be specialists. They're just rotating in through the group and just keeping everyone's legs fresh. Um, I did think that this game kind of showed a pretty good example of why I think Rodgers probably prefers like vet guys at wide receiver who he has like chemistry with, right? Like just uh, balls yeah. that are just like quick hitters and stuff like that stuff near the goal line, the throw to Tanyan where it was like a it, it pretty clearly he was supposed to adjust or something like that. And they, those two weren't on the same page in some way. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's when it shows up where it's like the style of play that like Rodgers plays makes it difficult to have kind of that revolving door at wide receivers. So to see them like actually be able to get through it, I thought was actually pretty nice to see. Yeah. He, he does so many of those little subtle adjustments with like little hand signals and just like the, the look in his eyes, right. When he like looks at a receiver and, you know, has that, that nonverbal communication with guys like Adams and Jordy back in the day and Cobb. And so, you know, those, those little adjustments are so big to what he does that, that, yeah, it, you know, he's talked about the chemistry so many times before, but um, yeah, that, that was, um, it, it was impressive again, that, you know, it wasn't a, a big statistical day for Rogers. Um, I think his pass rating was around 90 or something. His yards per attempt was probably like, you know, just over five, uh, which isn't gonna, you know, really impress anybody 
with those raw numbers. But again, it was, it was a consistent, effective passing game for the most part. Um, just, you know, working your way down the field steadily um, and, and, you know, moving the ball and, and getting into scoring territory. They made Arizona make 77 tackles on offense. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of hurt, especially with those running backs. I did think too, um, the changeup from Aaron Jones, where they had to sneak him into the offensive game plan as an inside runner. Like they just had mm-hmm. to, because they were getting those looks and he was the guy that was all out on the field. And it's weird that like the running back that you just paid a ton of money to, like the worst thing that you can make either of the two guys in the backfield do is make Aaron Jones run inside. And it's like, yeah, we, yeah, we could do that too. So right. that's, that's good to see. I mean, they're lucky that they had some sort of speed on the field. The thing that hurts the injury. So Kylan, um, Kylan got carted off, right? If I believe right. I think so. Yeah. Both he and the the guy who tackled him for Arizona on that, that kick return. Um, I think they both got carted off. The The Arizona guy was taken off on a stretcher, like a backboard or something on yeah. the cart. Um, and then I saw a clip of Kylan high-fiving guys coming back into the locker room, but he was on crutches. So that, uh, that didn't look good. I, I would be very surprised if if he comes back this season. So I think we're looking at probably a Patrick Taylor call up from the the practice squad in pretty short order in these next couple of days. Yeah, and I think, I mean, not to bring it back to the preseason stuff, but Patrick um, was one of the guys that really was like honestly on the roster bubble because he can contribute on special yep. teams. They had him there out there all the time. He's good in pass protection, and he could catch the ball, and he's a pretty big guy. Like he's kind of like. I guess a little bit like Jay Dillon. I think he would run him a little bit more outside though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a full blown NFL rosterable player and he's probably going to be coming up. And I guess that's the benefit of uh, moving on from like Dexter Williams, just because he has, you know, the, the draft pick attached to him, you know, so a, a lot of front offices wouldn't do that. They just try to save face a little bit. So I guess that'll be nice. And then um, Robert Tanyan, so it doesn't sound good. I mean, the, the way no. we talked about it, he was like, basically doesn't have any updates. He doesn't really talk about injuries post game anyway. I would assume that we would get information on this tomorrow, but sounds like it's not good. And the problem with that is these wide, these tight ends are so specific at what they do that it's kind of hard for them to replicate what they got out of Robert Tunyon on like third downs. So that's where it's really going to hurt them. I think is third downs. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that earlier this week after the Washington game and that, that they don't have uh, a whole lot of redundancy at those body types at tight end. And I do wonder if um, with having a couple of days before the trade deadline, if, if that is now, especially with that injury to Tunyon is, is maybe a position where they look to add a body. Um, you know, before the game, somebody brought up in the APC slack that maybe Evan Engram from the giants might be a target and I mean, I think you, you might be able to do some some similar things up the seam, like like the Packers have been trying to do with Tunyon with Engram. Um, so maybe a, a change of scenery would would be good for him. He's not much of a blocker, but neither is Tunyon really. So um, you might you might have some uh, redundancy there if you bring a guy like him in there. But um, you definitely saw a little bit of again of, of Duguara getting into the the passing game plan a little bit. Um, showing up there so that was that was nice to see and at least Daphne coming back and, and back on the active roster um he didn't really get in too much on offense I didn't I didn't think um they give a lot of those kind of fullback snaps to Deguara but I think you'll you'll probably see that expand for for Daphne again uh next week and, and moving forward in the next couple of weeks 
Yeah, I saw him and just a little bit, but they used him as like the slicer stuff. It's, it's basically they use him on the same type of blocks as like Jabara, where they're moving him across the formation and stuff. Right. But he came in and he like lit a tried to light a dude up. They both ended up <laughs> on the ground because they missed it. But I mean, he came in and he was active. So um, that's nice to see. I mean, they're, he's not heavily involved right now. I will say like an Evan Ingram guy would be kind of cool because you could do like the third down stuff that like Tanya does. Wow. Yeah. He's enough of a blocker and he's more at his like change of direction is better even as like yeah. a blocker where you could like you you basically get like a souped up Deguara that you could use on like third downs, um, which would be cool. Uh, should, I guess uh, let's take a break and then we'll uh, get into the vibe checks. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right, offensive vibe checks. I don't know how much of this translates to any game that will ever be played ever again. Yep. So, I, yeah. <laughs> like the, the that pass that wide receiver plus you're down Tunyon in crunch time, plus they're not running, they're not running inside at the goal line, even though that's what's taking them there up the field. It. I don't think that will ever happen again. So I don't know how much to take away. Yeah. If if this were like grading on you know a letter grade scale this would absolutely be an incomplete grade right um i, I don't know i i don't i can't put a number on this for for all the reasons you just described um you've got weird like delay of game things happening near the goal line because deguari doesn't know where he's supposed to be lined up on a play where rogers even said it was designed for him to be the primary read on a bootleg yeah. um so just another brain cramp there um yeah, the the you're gonna see almost certainly Adams back next week. Um, probably Lazard back next week as long as he tests negative the next couple of days. So you're gonna have a you know a, a full receiving core back. Um, you know, in in nine days against Kansas City. So I don't think there's much we can take away from this other than, um, again, you know, hats off to to Lafleur and and his game plan for. Um, again, riding those running backs and, um, you know, finding a way to attack this Cardinals defense. 
it looked like at times they were just hitting like ask Madden, right? And then just like pick <laughs> random play. Or like you usually see in these games, you know, they line up in certain formations or certain personnel packages, and then a team is doing something different than most people. And then they're like, all right, let's go attack that thing. And you see them motion and get into ways to attack that thing. These were just like random plays. Like it, it just didn't make sense sometimes. The end of half situation was just so weird. They're like, we're going to slowly go up the field and then throw a Hail Mary 70 yards. (laughs) It's like that, that was the best thing that you could do. They had that one. uh, It was a third and five. They're in empty. And they're like, we're going to run a screen to the team yes. who that we're not going to block. And it's to the far sideline. And you're like, what? Yeah. that's the that's literally the best check that you can have on third and five. <laughs> really? I'm sure we could have come up with something better than that, guys. So, yeah, that that was a little frustrating, but they got the job done. So. Yeah, the the other thing I wanted to point out was the incredible catch that Mercedes Lewis made that didn't count in that back of the end zone, that just insane one-handed catch. And, and it was a bummer. He didn't get that second foot down um, in bounds because that one should, should it belongs on a highlight reel. And it's one of the best catches you're ever going to see. Um, and it was just really unfortunate that, uh, that that ended up being his only target of the game. And, and it went for an incomplete pass. Um, I can't remember if that was on one of the touchdown drives or if that ended up in a, a field goal. But regardless, um, just a just an absolutely magnificent catch in the back of the end zone. That was the uh, three pass in a row. That's right. To right. field was, goal. Yeah. Yeah. That Ugh. was the three pass in a row to field goal. Um, coach of the year. All right, let's talk about it. I saw someone tag me in a list today. It had like eight candidates. Not one of them was named Matt Lafleur. I feel like he has a legitimate claim to it. It's who is it? It's him. It's Staley. He just beat Cliff. They yep. won a game with Cliff mm-hmm. when he wasn't even there. He was hanging out at the house. So that that one doesn't even count. So yep. him and LaFleur got the same amount of wins now. I, and, yeah, I just don't get it. So how many how many coaches right now would you take over Matt LaFleur? I, I feel like that's an interesting question. That That's a tough one. Um, not not many. I, yeah. <laughs> probably, you know, maybe on one hand, I could I could count a few, but I mean, just looking down the 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 list of the the top teams in the NFL, I mean, like you said, um, Kingsbury getting knocked off. I mean, McVay's at least in the conversation, probably um, with with Stafford, especially. Um, obviously, that's that's made a huge difference. Um, I mean, McCarthy's not you know, not responsible, I think, for a lot of what that offense is doing. No, so they, they have um, tied his hands so much. He's yeah, a mascot. And, it's it's and weird to see. And they're they're winning in spite of him with with some of his, you know, his usual um time management skills or lack thereof. So um yeah, it's it's tough to say that that anybody else is doing a better job given all of the adversity that the Packers have had to deal with this year with, with all the players that have been missing time with injuries. Um, you I mean, you, you haven't even seen your all pro left tackle on the field all season long. You've gone without your, you know, other all pro backup left tackle slash starting left guard slash right tackle for a couple of games. Um, you know, all the issues on the offensive line, missing Z and, and Jair and all those guys um, and still finding a way to, to get to seven and one. Um, it, it's, 
right now it seems like an an open and shut case to me and i really hope that the fact that they've gone 13 and 3 each of the last two years um isn't held against him too much because um this is a completely different season and it it feels like a different team yeah and if you would have asked anyone if after that new orleans game you know lafleur would be going on the longest win streak (laughs) of his career and he's like, you know, at this point, he's like 17% higher than anyone else's career winning percentage. It's like, I don't, I don't think anyone would have guessed that. I mean, they are fighting through a ton of adversity. And I, I think we kind of trick ourselves into thinking like head coaching is a lot about, it is about play calling to a certain extent, depending on kind of what your role in the organization is. But at the end of the day, it's getting guys ready to play for ball games. And like LaFleur seems to have an innate skill where he can structure all this stuff and get, he knows what it takes to get these guys ready. And it's just working in yeah. front of our eyes. So I think we're in good hands. Rogers is coming back, right? If we're going to talk vibes, Rogers coming back vibes. Let's do it out of 10 right now. Dude, like right now, like eight and a half. It's, it's like, up there. I'm at nine. He, I'm like, yeah, there, there's a possibility he does it. But I'm expecting it at this point. Yeah, like the, the way he's talking about how they've added veteran players this season, um, the way he's talking about the locker room, the the sheer joy on his face these last couple weeks, um, the way they've been winning games and, you know, seeing him in post-game interviews and stuff. How, how could you leave this right now? If, if, you know, if, if you feel like you're, you're getting the support that you've been asking for from the front office for, for years, apparently, what, what possible reason would you have to leave when you're apparently having as much fun as he is and having as much success as he's, as they're still having this year? No, no, he's, he's, he's come back. (laughs) It would have to be something weird where they spiral like at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It, ha- it would have to be like cluster injuries or something weird like that. Cause I don't think the locker room would blow up, but no. it, it would have to be like cluster injuries. They're just getting lit up on the O-line or like secondary or something. And then the front office is like, yeah, that was fun. We're only, we only did that for a year. Right. The, yeah. Anything, anything short of that, I feel like he's coming back and I yeah. feel like they could avoid that landmine. Like LaFleur, for whatever reason, he uh, LaFleur has been like Rogers, biggest advocate you know yep. through, through the whole rogers watch thing where it was like you would have mark murphy saying like weird comments about him being like an interesting fella and then the floor is like let's be very clear i want aaron Rodgers back on this football team <laughs> to play quarterback for me i did not know that this was going to be an issue so i i think he's kind of the glue that like kept this together when they were you know, legitimately at a point where if you, you believe Rogers and everything that's been reported, he was legitimately considering retiring. So you got to give kudos to him. I mean, he, he manifested in Aaron Rodgers season. I feel like mm-hmm. that's worth coach of the year, you know, by itself. Yeah. Um, Defensively, let's get into vibe checks. So I feel like the play calling, I, I never really thought it was an issue outside of there was that one drive where the ball was at like the nine they're playing off coverage across the board with the secondary. And then it's the play Kenny Clark is literally getting off of the field. So not only are you playing off, you're playing without your best, your, your all pro level nose tackle. It's like, you you gotta be better than that there. Cause they're just Mm going to run inside you. And the, the guy barely got touched. So other than that, I thought the defense was playing pretty good. I mean, there's only so much you can do against all this speed on the field. You know, I think that's a big part of it. 
Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think Jerry Gray having coordinated a defense before probably helped a lot. Um, having had experience calling the plays defensively. Um, but yeah, that was the only, you know, the only weirdness that I saw was that, that play you're describing. Um, I'm, I'm at like a solid eight after that. Again, I mean, I mentioned like just over 200 yards before that last drive. Um, couple of turnovers and just having those guys ready to play and, and having, having some answers for, for Kyler Murray's, you know, scrambling ability. Like he didn't really affect the game as a, as a runner much at all. I think he only ended up with like 20 yards, which seems like a complete shock after seeing Taylor Heineke run for almost a hundred last week. Um, I don't know if there, there was some focus on, you know, contain and rush lanes or something a little bit better this week. Um, knowing that they had to focus on it with Murray, but um, they, they definitely kept him in check uh, quite a bit. And, and that was, I think, huge to see. One of the weird things that they did super early on is they stopped playing that like five, one, I call, I call it penny um, uh, front where, you know, it's basically five defensive linemen down there, three defensive tackles, one inside yep. backer. That's kind of like their base and nickel. They got out of it super early, and then they they were in normal nickel, which Jalen Smith would usually start at mm-hmm. inside backer next to next to Campbell, but they had Barnes in there, um, and Jalen Smith was in inactive, and was that's pretty surprising. I would not have pinned him there at all. We never got clarification on why, so the assumption is healthy scratch if he wasn't on the injury report. But right, that's a weird situation because if that, that kind of puts his roster spot in threat right that that's the situation where okay there's five inside linebackers playing in the game three of them are playing special teams one of them's having a pro bowl season like how how do you you even make this roster what what would you say you do here exactly i mean that's a situation (laughs) where it's like maybe you end up on the practice squad and you know you're kind of convinced like hey no i'm the next guy up and someone will go down in a 17 game plus playoff season but at this point, it, it really is because that was the one thing that he could do. That was his one role on this team. And if he's not going to contribute on special teams, it's tough to get him on the field. And I don't even think you want him on special teams with his legs. Like, I don't yeah. know if he, he makes the same play Ty Summers does at that damn goal line, right? So that right. could be the difference in games sometimes. Um, Kiki had a concussion. That was not good. That happened super mm-hmm. early in the game. Yeah. Um, defensive line-wise, Kenny Clark is a terror. He hurt someone by basically just <laughs> tackling him because that guy was like under 200 pounds playing on a football field. And when that guy lands on you, it's not a good situation. Yep. Um, and then Lowry had a couple plays again. He's had a great month. Like if he's, if he's going to do this down the stretch, he, he's playing at like, if you looked at a snapshot of just the last month, you're like, that's a pro bowl level player. So, yeah. And, and that's not a level we've seen from him probably maybe ever at this point in his career. Um, certainly not on a consistent basis. He's always kind of had some flashes every once in a while here and there, but um, seeing him put together, you know, solid game after solid game. And, and um, it's, 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 it's good timing for him. Cause I think this is a contract year. Um, so good on him for, for showing up now, but um, again, having, having that running mate next to Kenny is, is so big for this defense to, to get that second penetrator on the inside. So, um, yeah, so he's been a, a real big addition to this defense by, uh, by his, uh, his improved play this last couple of weeks. It's so weird to see how this defensive line plays where they clearly value size because of the things that they have to do. 
and then look back at some of the guys that they had in camp and you're, you're like all the guys who yeah. got cut were like 270 pound defensive ends what were you even <laughs> what were you even doing there like uh-huh. it, it doesn't make sense to me like those guys don't even have roles on this team it's almost a, like they they should have listened to you when you were calling for 300 pounders all, all summer long it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense to me um Thought the pass rushers did pretty good. You know, Preston being in there uh, is always nice. I mean, mm-hmm. give credit to uh, Gutekunst for this. I mean, I thought it was probably an unpopular thing to bring back Lowry, bring back Preston Smith, um, uh, King, obviously, and then, uh, you know, restructuring two of their deals and giving giving King another one. Um, I, th- I think a lot of people would have just said, to hell with it, get the cap space and, and move on to a new player. And they yeah. brought these guys back. I mean, they both are – they're getting quality snaps out of these dudes, and it's noticeable when they're not on the field. So Yeah, and, and I was absolutely on board with with cutting both Lowry and Preston for, for the cap space this offseason. So um, I'll, I'll gladly eat some crow on that for both of those guys. But, um, yeah, I think the, the other – one of the, the great calls, I thought, was um, Gray going with max pressure on that on the interception right at the end of the game going cover zero and, and just bringing everybody um, and forcing that ball out quick. And, and obviously it was a miscommunication between AJ green and, and Murray. I don't know why he would think that he'd be blocking for, for a run play in that situation, given that you've got no timeouts and 15 seconds left, but um, hell, hell of a grab by, by Douglas. I don't think we've even really talked about that that much, but uh, that's a tough, tough play to haul that ball in and, and keep your feet in. Uh, in the end zone. So, um, and again, you know, doing it against his old team that, that sat him in the practice squad for a couple of weeks. Uh, that's got to feel good too. Yeah. And then the, the shot of him after the interception was so great. Cause, Oh yeah. Cause one that decided a game, right. So that was basically like a walk off. That's as close as to a walk off as you're probably going to get in the NFL. Yep. Huge swing of momentum. There's Packers fans in the Cardinals end zone. <laughs> right. And then you just see the one slumped over Cardinals fan lady just with the Patrick Peterson jersey, just looking like she, <laughs> she saw a ghost. It was terrible for him. Yeah, it was I, I love fantastic. it. I love yep. it. That's a lot more fun to me than uh, Taylor Haneke jumping into the stadium. I got a lot of pushback <laughs> for that. They're like, don't you know about his death? That's fine. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy for him. I hope, you know, all situations with his family are good. I don't, don't, don't jump. Don't do it. Lambo leap. It's not allowed. You're, you're an enemy player. We're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not liable for your health. If that happens, yep. um, special teams. So Kylan, obviously that was tough too, because he returned a ball that he should not have returned. That and absolutely that was, had no business coming out of the end zone. Yeah. That was a, that was a frustrating got hurt. That was the first Fox injury music. And it just kind of, it sucked the life out of it. They had to hit the double injury music because both mm-hmm. of them, both of them had to get help off of the field. That, that really was a terrible play that my buddy, Sam, who I worked with in the XFL tweeted out like his, his plan for kickoff that we use there. And it was just so much safer. I think he said that there was like a hundred plus snaps. No one ever got hurt. It's just, it's a very dangerous play. I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, but stuff like this is just going to keep happening. And the league cares about percentages, like the way that they measure like concussions and mm-hmm. player health, all of that, they're tracking it. So at some point they're going to look at special teams and just say, there's not enough value here and it's going to have to change because of plays like that. I I wonder if they, how long it is before they implement the college rule where you can fair catch a kickoff anywhere on the field and have it be a touchback because I could see that happening, you know, 
in in the next couple of years. Uh, but just even to get that, but play even out that of the game. sucks, right? Because then it's just oh, I hate it. But you're watching like... a fair catch. It's terrible. <laughs> like the, the yeah. way the way the XFL did it, which I thought was actually kind of interesting. It's it seems weird, but there's like so their offense is basically a line on like the ten, the defense is on a line on the fifteen, and then you have the kicker and the returner, and then it basically ends up turning it into a so you catch the ball and then it essentially turns into a run play. Right. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was kind of a, if you're going to keep the kickoff, cause I understand people have a lot of thoughts about that too. And then they're like, what are like the flyovers and all that stuff and just how games start. Right. Like that's a yep. big part of the sport. If you're still going to keep it, then it probably has to look something like that because I don't think people want to be around to watch fair catches. It's just, yeah. it's terrible. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, they have that pop-up kick on kickoff. Did you see that? Yeah, just like, I, it wasn't a squib. They they try to get air under it and bottle them up like 15 yards deep. It was, yeah. it was very weird. Yeah, I think my my suspicion is they only did that because they were kicking off from the 50 because I think they got the um mm. I think that was that was after Rodgers got hit on the touchdown pass with the roughing right. passer. So I think they were kicking off from midfield and so they they wanted to try to um to to try to pin them deep um and 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 kick it short and, and try to, you know, hold them inside the, you know, 20 or 15. Um, so that, that's the only thing that I can think of there that, that led to that, but yeah, it definitely looked, looked really, really bizarre. Um, at least just on the TV copy. Yeah. Mo Drayton can't get anything passive. He's ready for yep. the situation. That's good. That, yeah. That's the same thing too, is like this team, they seem locked in, man. They seem locked in. Like everyone mm-hmm. knows exactly what their role is. They had Douglas in the post-game presser. They're asking about the biggest game in his life, and he's up there talking about, yeah, we knew when they would get past field goal range because the kicker's field goal range is blank and in the pregame blank. And it's like, these guys are ready to play. Yeah. This is They're about it this year. All right, I like this. And and that just adds to the the Lafleur Coach of the Year talk. As far as I'm concerned, um, he he's got these guys so well prepared. Um, if you if you have a staff that that has your players prepared to that level of detail. That's, that's just phenomenal. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. Special teams vibes. I'm giving it, they, they had a good week. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Hell, they didn't do anything wrong. 10 out of 10. I'll yeah. give it to them. Wait, you, you what more turn- can I have asked of them? Nothing. No, you got a turnover. Everybody hit their kicks. Bojo was good again. He averaged over 50 yards a punt. Got a good pop-up. I mean, yeah. The only mistake was, was Kylan taking that ball out of the end zone. So Yeah. Give it a give it a nine and a half for me. <laughs> All right. So yeah, just keep it uh tuned into Acme Packing Company this week. So many injuries. I mean, we're gonna go through it yeah. again. Injury updates all week. It's gonna be Bach. It's gonna be MVS. It's gonna be what happened to uh Devontae if he because he had so he must have test positive at least one more time, the way mm-hmm. Devontae's set up. So um, because he's a vaccinated uh he, he was a vaccinated a positive test player. So that means that if he tested negative the past uh, two days, he would have been able to make the flight today. So the fact that he didn't means that he tested positive again. So that's going to be something that we're going to have to deal with. Uh, King has a back injury somehow. He he was out for a shoulder and now he's developed a shoulder slash back, which sounds painful. Um, Not good. Kiki, Tunyon updates. Injuries suck. At least it's going to be a long week. 
Yeah, that that mini buy, I think, is going to help. And I I do hope we see maybe MVS get back this week. Um, LaFleur kind of mentioned it um, in the postgame presser, or maybe it was Rogers who mentioned it, that um, he feels pretty good about about getting MVS back. Um, You got a chance of getting Bach back uh, for next week. Um, So, yeah, the, the reinforcements could be on the way a little bit here, which would be really exciting. Yeah, just uh, go get get him, get him back right in time for this seven, seven yeah, of eight, get, right? So. Get him back right in time for this uh, this really really brutal stretch to continue on here these next three or four weeks. Oh man, I've bought into one seed hype. It can happen. There's a heartbeat. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> after yeah. after today, man, I'm not counting them out. Yep. All right. Take care, guys.